you so much for tuning in to For Your Pleasure. I'm Mercy, a sex worker of just over a decade and also what some might refer to as a very online person. I've mostly existed on Twitter for the past seven or eight years, and now I'm talking to you all. (laughs) This is a show where I talk about things that matter to me, like sexuality, gender, sex work, answering questions that people might have, as well as giving healthy and non-judgmental advice to those who seek it. And if I'm honest, probably some pop culture and movie stuff mixed in, because that's what really takes up most of my brain space, and now you will have to suffer for that. Today I'm going to continue with my installments on EMDR, because I had my first session with the actual ball, the bouncing ball on the screen that the therapist controls that can go up or down or back and forth um, that you sort of lock your eyes to and and follow uh, at different speeds at the therapist's, um, uh, you know, instruction. And that was really interesting. That was very, very interesting. Um, and first off, I just want to reiterate Um, something I said last time, which is the first three to five sessions that you have if you're starting EMDR, they are all very, very um, informative for the the therapist. It hasn't been me doing the same thing as I used to do in talk therapy, where you would be informing your therapist of your life, your traumas, you know, who you are, um, but you would also maybe stop and talk about something at length or, you know, sort of get into a discussion about something else and stop the, you know, sort of introduction list of me and my life stuff. And, you know, you can dive deeper into a specific thing that you come up with versus the first couple of sessions that you have for EMDR. It's sort of giving a quick ish <laughs> in, in a couple it's because each session is an hour. So a quick ish uh you know, run over of your life, of the traumas you've gone through, of where you are socially, uh, where you feel you are socially, um, you know, how um, you interact with the world around you. They have lots of questions. Um, But mostly EMDR is focused a lot around trauma, issues like uh, severe anxiety, which is what I'm dealing with, people with PTSD. um, And, uh, you know, there are all sorts of people that use this. But, um, since I'm, you know, using it for uh, anxiety, she just wanted to know. My therapist just wanted to know what I felt when my therap- when my anxiety started, and to sort of trace it through my life and talk to her about what I felt compounded to make it what events, um, or you know, I guess yeah, what life events compounded to make me feel like it was a chronic issue rather than just, oh, well, I get a little anxious sometime. And so that took a while, um, but we got there. It took a couple of sessions, and so my last... Oh, oh, yeah, and that's a bit of advice that I want to give. Just You have to be honest during the early stages of meeting with your therapist. Of course, you can't explain everything. Things will come out that you remember. Things are harder to talk about, and you're not going to talk about them in the first or second session. But any therapeutic situation you find yourself in, it is so important to be honest and to try to be as detailed and, you know, as as um, just 
you know, descriptive as you can because it's very helpful. And I know that's hard for a lot of people. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's even possible for a lot of people. Um, every, you know, everybody deals with things differently. Therapy, any kind of therapy might not be right for a certain person. So, but if you are choosing some type of therapy, you must be honest. I've known too many people who've gone to therapy, said it hasn't worked for them. And then when I've dug at it and we've talked about it, it was because they weren't being honest and they didn't feel like they were getting good feedback because the therapist could literally not treat them because they were not talking to them about their day-to-day -day life and about what was actually going on. It's the equivalent of like, let's see, um, maybe talking to your doctor and telling them you have a problem and they ask you if you have any sort of medication that you take already so there aren't any interactions um, because they're going to give you a new medication. And you go, no, I'm not taking any medications, no, but you're taking like five medications. And so they give you the medication that's going to help you, but it totally wrecks your system because you were on these other medications that you did not tell your doctor about. Um, so the same, it's the same for therapy. Every therapist looks at each patient uniquely and, you know, you need to give them your unique sort of blueprint uh in its entirety because they need to give you the right medicine. They need to be able to know what's going to work best for you and, you know, how to work best with you. So just make sure you're being honest. You know, you tell all your doctors about your prescriptions that you're taking. You need to tell your therapist about things that affect you in your day-to-day -day life, things that weigh heavily on you mentally because that all affects your treatment. So yes, be honest. <laughs> if you can, I know it's hard. And if, and if you're choosing therapy, I am going to start <laughs> talking about my EMDR session now. The session that I did started out um, with a little more talking, summing up some stuff that I had ended in the last session. And then we started with the ball. We started uh, looking at the ball and you know to just get me comfortable with it it's just like a white screen with a big blue ball it takes up the whole screen i don't see the therapist or anything like that and um i sat there and i felt really uncomfortable at first i felt really really uncomfortable and i thought i wasn't going to be able to do it and thinking back this is what I felt like when I first started talk therapy eight or nine years ago. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Holy shit. <laughs> um, but then it got easier and I, I figured out that it was a learned skill. Going to therapy regularly, being able to be open and honest, being able to express your emotions in that amount of time, and also kind of you know, to be able to compartmentalize and put some stuff away in between sessions because you're going to bring up a lot of stuff. Basically, I was afraid that I just wasn't going to be capable of it. So I sat down and we started just by getting me comfortable with it and following the ball while she was talking to me. And um, my brain just went crazy. There was just static everywhere and I had a million different thoughts and I I was just like, oh no, oh no, I was in total panic mode, like I was probably sweating. I was like, this is a total mistake, I've invested all this time and energy into this thing that isn't going to work for me, it's useless, it's ridiculous, oh my god, what did I do, what did I do? And she could tell that I was panicking a little bit, and I, you know, because I just said something after the first time we tried it, I was like, oh no, my, my brain's really loud, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, and she could see like my 
eyes were welling up with tears and she just looked at me and was like no no this is a learned skill you have to get used to it most people don't catch on to it right away especially if you have anxiety issues issues with adhd um you know uh, and really just severe issues with trauma and as well as disassociating so it's gonna take a little time and that was really reassuring and she was so kind to me and we started again and I started to feel more comfortable and I could kind of tune out other things in my brain and just focus on the ball and her voice and the first exercise we did was something called a container exercise and what it was was her asking me where my trauma is in a sort of visualized way where where I can take it and put it to put it away in between sessions so I don't start to you know traumatize myself by reprocessing information outside of our sessions so you know what kind of container would I use to keep them in and put them away in in between sessions and I visualize like crazy in my brain. It's like a, a, a movie constantly. I, you know, I see everything so vividly. My partner, on the other hand, they do not see things vividly. They have very fuzzy um, visualizations in their brain, uh, although they are very, you know, very descriptive and you know, very, um, you know, artistic, but they just don't visualize. So I don't know if this would actually work for someone who doesn't visualize. But yeah, so I started visualizing and uh, I will not tell you the very sacred and secret details of my container, but I will talk to you about how it went and also about why I find the whole container idea very interesting. Um, it went well, but I will say that I had a very strange reaction that I was not expecting at all. As I was following the ball with my eyes and I was describing various aspects of my container and where it was located and, you know, what my trauma was, uh, what represented my trauma when I was putting it into the container and, you know, what the atmosphere around the container was like. And uh, <laughs> my eyes were just uncontrollably watering. I, I mean, I, I was crying, I guess, but I wasn't like sobbing. I just when I was staring at the blue dot and being directed to look at it and I couldn't look away or couldn't look straight up to sort of look into my brain to think about something, it just, my emotion flowed so naturally and I was crying because I was visualizing something really beautiful and really pretty, even though it was a place to store my trauma. Like, I didn't want to have to like go and grab my trauma from like a gross place. Like I wanted it to be nice and pretty and you know, just some place that if it popped up in my brain, if I needed to think about it, um, to put things away, then it wouldn't be like a traumatic thing. And so we created this whole little world. And, you know, I visualized myself taking my trauma and putting it in the jar and locking it away. And it was a jar. Oh no, I gave it away. Putting it in the jar. How, how unique. And putting it away and um, 
you know, just visualizing that a few times while looking at the ball, still my eyes just watering uncontrollably. And my goodness, that was just unexpected. Um, now, what I find fascinating about this is because she sort of talked about like, well, some people, sometimes they're what they keep their trauma in, in between sessions, you know, it could be a chest or a jar, or it could be in the ocean, or it could be in a cloud, or it could be in a tree, or, you know, whatever. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. And so, and, you know, I mostly just described, like I said, pleasant things. Um, and she asked, okay, where is this container of yours? It's the container, I guess, activity. Where is it located? And she started talking about, oh, well, you know, some people pick a cave. Some people, you know, um, yeah, just all, all these, it's it's just all very interesting Um some people pick outer space uh and so i i almost i really wanted to ask her like well what what how do you read people and and the spaces they pick you know dark and dank versus bright and sunny or neutral or you know like i'm curious if there are patterns but of course i'm in a session i'm not going to ask her that um but i find it really fascinating when people describe their inner um, visualizations and lives to me and the thought of everybody having different containers and different places to put their trauma, having different things that represent their pro their trauma, just, oh, I love it. Just like I love art, you know, I feel like uh, it's just, it would be so unique to each and every person and I just, I just want to see it. <laughs> I want to see all of them. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this session went really well. I felt like as we ended, I got a hang of it. I felt like she was very respectful and told me that, you know, it was a learned skill and that I wasn't doing anything wrong and that in my descriptions of the things she was asking me to describe, I couldn't do anything wrong. There's no incorrect answer. There's no incorrect detail that I can express to her because, like I said, she's probably analyzing every little bit of it. So, yeah, it went well, and I'm feeling good, and I think it's going to be the same thing next time, sort of just practicing and easing me into it, and something else like the container um, activity, but, uh, you know, um, presented in a different way, or, you know, it'll serve a different purpose, so I'm excited about that, not so excited about reliving, reprocessing very specific traumatic moments in my life, but... <sighs> that's what we got to do. I feel like it's necessary. Talk therapy isn't working anymore. I know I'm okay, and I know the things that happen to me aren't my fault, but I feel like the energy is just trapped in there, and that it's causing anxiety, even though I've worked through so many things, and I feel like this is really going to help release some of that energy, and help me become the person that I've meant, that I'm meant to be outside of my anxiety disorder. So, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to that obviously thanks for listening to that it's very personal and um not the easiest thing to share but if it helps one person um then it's worth it <laughs> thanks for joining me thanks for listening i'm gonna try to do one of these every week again check out my youtube check out my coffee check out my tiktok and check out my twitter and if you have any questions for me or would like me to cover a certain topic, share something specific about myself, feel free to shoot me a message at 
mercywest at proton.me. Have a good evening or morning or middle of the day. <laughs> Take care of yourself and uh, be good to yourself. <laughs>